something that I've been wanting to do for several weeks, several months maybe, and that is incorporate testimonies into what we do here on Thursday nights. And I just would love to periodically have uh, one of you or a couple uh, stand up and testify of God's grace in their life. It's always just a really encouraging thing when we, when we do that as a church family on baptism weekends. And so why don't we do that as a ministry here? Uh, it's encouraging, it's motivating, and it helps us to get to know each other better. And so I've asked uh, Ravi Kancharla to share his testimony. So Ravi, welcome him up. Ravi, come up to the front. And um, you may have heard him share his testimony of a few months ago in the baptismal tub, but if you weren't there for that service, uh, then this is why we're doing this here. So he's got a great testimony, and I love, I love hearing his story. So thank you for sharing with us. Take it away. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Hello, everyone. Uh, if you heard my name, it's Ravi Kancharla. Uh, so uh, the, was it last September? Yes, it was last September is when I took my baptism. That was the first time uh, sharing my testimony. And this is the second time. Still nervous, obviously. <laughs> uh, one of the things I noticed uh, immediately as soon as I was done with the baptism and I went home and I was like looking at my own video is I noticed I was almost like rock solid still. Like there was barely any movement in the entire time while I was sharing the testimony. So I thought I'd break out of the mold a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and the second part that uh, it reminded me first thing was, uh, reminded me of VeggieTales. Like I looked my, uh, at myself as like a VeggieTales character because <laughs> no hands moving, no, no feet. <laughs> so, uh, so, here I am. Yes. <laughs> yes. I broke out of the mold. <laughs> so, uh, let's get on with the main testimony. Um, grew up in India. Uh, grew up in a Christian family. Uh, went to Sunday school. Pretty much the same stuff like, you know, any typical Christian kid would have. Uh, parents sending me, even though I did not voluntarily want to go. Uh, to Sunday school and to church and everything, learning about God, um, but never really like you know going anything beyond that. It's just stories, and I just moved on uh, the life. Uh, I didn't have much of any guidance as I was growing up, uh, or any sort of conversations, to be honest, at home that uh, would point me to God or would uh, somebody teaching me the things that I heard are adding on to the things that I've uh, listened in sermons and everything. So uh, life went on, and then uh, as a, a, in my middle school, high school years, uh, we have a school that's literally like 200 feet away, and we would uh, have uh, preachers come over, uh, share testimony in, in the school grounds over there, and everybody, all of us would go every summer, uh, just uh, sit and listen. So for the first time, um, I heard like, you know, what a Christian living is and how you need to be good and all of those things. And I felt convicted, uh, went forward uh, for the prayer and everything, but still uh, not really understanding what the gospel was. My understanding at the time was I just needed to do certain things. And here's the way that I need to live, and this is according to God, and I need to read the Bible every day, and that was the end of it. And I, in my view, um, for different reasons, you know, based on other religions that are in India as well, 
um, it was my own works that would get me to heaven. It's, uh, that's what my impression was. Uh, neither was there anybody to correct it. Uh, obviously, that didn't uh, go too many days. Within a few days, um, I was, you know, more down. Uh, I was feeling miserable because I can't keep up with what I need to do. And uh, it made me sad more than anything else. Uh, that was the first time, and it actually made it easier to move away and not read the Bible because I can't keep up uh, as to what I needed to do. Uh, then um, had a couple of more uh, times, even after growing up, still didn't understand the gospel. And the church uh, literally is 100 feet away from the house where I lived, and sermons blazing out of the speakers every day or every, every Sunday. Um, for whatever reason, either it wasn't preached or I wasn't listening properly. One of those two, I can't really be sure. Um, and uh, continued on, I had one more attempt uh, during my uh, college years and one more uh, during my, uh, you know, uh, even further down again in life. But all three attempts, all of them, me trying to uh, get to the point where I can be the righteous person by own, my own efforts. And uh, once I moved to, here for work to California, uh, I uh, started listening to some of the sermons on the radio, 107.9. So I used to listen pretty much driving to work, coming back, uh, became a habit. Um, as I understood more and more as I kept uh, listening to the sermons, I understood the gospel uh, still, there wasn't much of any change in life. Uh, still continuing on in the similar ways, not really uh, giving up the things that I need to give up or, and not being obedient to the Lord. Uh, that continued on um, for several years, all the way till uh, we started attending Compass uh, 2013. All through this time, even though I, I was listening, I was gaining knowledge, I was understanding about God, uh, in my view, if somebody would, uh, I was on God's side. At least that's what I, my perception was. Uh, because if somebody would say something, I would definitely defend, right? And say Christianity is, is this, and this is the reason why. Uh, so, in, but uh, in hindsight, like, you know, it, it's different, which I will hint to a bit more uh, down the road. So once we started coming to Compass, um, we started attending and uh, still uh, come into church, listen to the sermons, go back, not much of any change in life. And God put me through certain circumstances. Uh, to rewind back, uh, during one of those three attempts that I previously mentioned, my own efforts of trying to uh, be righteous um, or live a righteous life, uh, I prayed to God because I couldn't keep up anymore asking him to help me because... I can't do this on my own, right? And and do whatever it takes to bring me to the point where I I need whatever it takes to make me uh, be on his side. And I think it's God's work later on, uh, once we start uh, coming to Compass, uh, through different uh, things within my personal life, uh, God uh, put me through certain things to make me bend my knees and make me submit. Uh, at one point, uh, he put it in my heart that I should start, or we should start attending Thrive. So, uh, 
and even then, like at the time, uh, our second kid wasn't old enough to start Thrive, so I had an excuse to kind of say, it's like, oh, one more year. So uh, the next year came along, and then finally had no excuses. And by that time, things progressed even further, um, leading me to be desperate at that point. It's like, okay, now I need to come. This is the right time. So we start coming to Thrive, and we joined the group three, uh, Chen's. Um, Ron and Zhangyi Chen, uh, who are our leaders. And then that's when uh, slowly I start seeing what a example of a Christian uh, living is. And I see the examples in front of me start attending accountability, start understanding how to kind of discipline uh, oneself in things that we need to do and what needs to happen. Um, and um, as I start going through uh, partners, uh, I think that's when I first, like, and as I completed the first chapter and I'm going through the second one, is the then the realization dawns on me that I've never been saved. And that particular realization, even that came uh, about because we were going through the conversation and uh, Woody, uh, who is leading me in the partners, he asked me, Woody Clements, uh, are you saved? And uh, I, although I answered and said, yes, I am saved, but in, in my heart, there was this uncertainty which bothered me. Um, so that, that uh, kind of made me think a bit more as to why. Why is there this uncertainty still? Um, and how can I take care of this? And I started thinking more and more. And, uh, and I, as I realized it, uh, it, bec it becomes clear that all of these attempts and all of these things that I'm trying to do uh, to make uh, myself qualified, I am already qualified. The God, uh, Jesus Christ, has done it for me, and all I need to do is put my trust in him. Uh, that's when the first time I knew that I'm saved. Um, so it, uh, all of these things like needed to happen to bring me to this point that God has been gracious through... 20, 22 years, 23 years, or more than that. Uh, very patient to bring me to the points that I need to be, uh, to make me realize certain things. Now, if you ask me, would I have any doubt in my heart? There's not a doubt that I'm saved, and all thanks to him. Uh, one of the things I wanted to do, um, as I mentioned, like, you know, uh, truly grateful for everybody who is here in the room and the leadership at church, and more importantly, uh, Ron and Zhangni Chen, and Udi and Darlene Clements, both of them, they've been a great example for me and my wife. So, and I, the reason I bring up their names is because my heartfelt appreciation, as I said, and second reason is to make all of you jealous, <laughs> <laughs> so that you, you know, you'd feel motivated to go and do the similar things and ask the questions Take the courage, even if it's an uncomfortable, uncomfortable question, to say, are you saved? And if, it, if that one question can change so many things, I think it's worthwhile to ask that question, even if it's an uncomfortable one. Thank you. Awesome. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks. So cool. <clears throat> thanks, thanks for sharing that. Robbie. I love your story, and uh, I love that you're a part of this ministry. I love that you're a part of this church, and uh, 
I'm, I'm just uh, I'm happy to be in this ministry with you all. So I love hearing stories like that uh, here among us, and I, and I would love to hear more. Uh, it's just so encouraging and motivating, and um, I don't even feel like I need to do a recap. So should, should we just break for groups right now? That was awesome. Um, great. I did not have a whole lot of time to prepare for my recap, so maybe, maybe we should just break right now. I, uh, I actually spent uh, my afternoon and part of the morning at the ER today with Aaron, our son. I'm, maybe a lot of you hadn't heard this yet, but um, he was having trouble breathing, <clears throat> and about a year ago, this time of year, he uh, had bronchiolitis, and so it was kind of a, a scarier version of what happened today, but we took him in. He was having trouble, and um, they ended up sending us home a couple hours ago, and uh, so he's at home, and Bethany's home with him, but kind of a different sort of day than we expected, and not the same amount of preparation time that I was hoping to have for this. So I won't have as many uh, cute stories, perhaps, or stellar illustrations, but I do have a couple thoughts about the sermon that I want to share. So let's just cut right to the chase and uh, put the points up on the board for me. We've got four points from this last weekend. And it was all about the resurrection. And you're basically going to have an opportunity to talk through all of the questions on the back of the worksheet from Pastor Mike's sermon. I just have some observations and reflections on point number two. Know that your resurrection will be you. I don't know if you remember this from the sermon, but Pastor Mike took us to chapter 22 of Matthew, where Jesus, the the Sadducees asked Jesus a question about the resurrection. Hey, there's this guy who marries uh, a, a wife, and then he dies before they have kids, and then there's these seven brothers, and none of them have kids, and whose who's, um, wife will, uh, whose husband will the, uh, have the wife? See, what, do I need to look this passage up? You know what I'm saying, right? Uh, okay, thank you. Yeah, <clears throat> all right, so, and Jesus says, hey, in, in the resurrection, there is no marriage, and so Pastor Mike was was proving that point to just say that that, that illustration only works if you are you in the resurrection. But it's an interesting passage to bring up in light of the resurrection and especially for our ministry here, uh, being a marriage ministry, and it just raises questions that I was guessing would come up in groups just about marriage in uh, the eternal states and in, uh, in the, the heaven context. What is it like? And if we don't have... Uh, our, our spouse in heaven, will we know them? Uh, what will our relationship be like with them? I've thought about this a lot with my wife. Bethany is my best friend here on earth, and uh, I, I love the idea of recognizing her and spending time with her in heaven, and, and so I, I pondered this point number two a little bit, and I do think there's a strong case to be made that we will recognize people. Pastor Mike held that position on the weekend, but um, we will recognize people, and I think that goes to say uh, we'll recognize our spouse as well, and our family, and if we have kids. I mean, First um, Thessalonians chapter 4, Paul encourages the, the Thessalonians with the truth that uh, they will be with their uh, loved ones who've died before them, and they're going to be caught up together in the clouds and they will be with the Lord forever. So this all presupposes that they'll recognize each other and that they'll know each other. And so, yes, there won't be marriage in heaven. That's what Matthew, Matthew chapter 22 establishes. Uh, but 
If there's no marriage institution, that doesn't mean that there isn't relationship that continues. And so I think there's a whole lot of continuity in the eternal state. And point number two, your resurrection will be you. That's one form of continuity. And I think there are other forms of continuity. I, I read one person who said this, uh, will, will we remember each other? Um, they, they say, will we be greater fools in paradise than we are here? <laughs> and, and he's making the case that we're going to have a, a better memory and a sharper mind in heaven and the relationships that we have now will be better and perfected. And uh, so it seems to be the case that relationships will continue. Family will recognize each other. And that is another exciting aspect of heaven. I think another reason to believe this is that God designed us for relationships before the fall ever happened. God created this perfect um, type of heaven in the Garden of Eden, and he looked at Adam and said, it's not good for you to be alone, and he gave Eve to Adam in the garden before there was, um, before there was sin. He gave companionship and relationship of human to human, and this was not a distraction away from God. This was not competition with God, and you think about it, Adam had this perfect relationship with the Lord before Eve came. It was Adam and the animals and God. And God then introduces Eve. And so, and, and there was something about that situation before Eve was there where he said, this isn't good. You need another person. And so he, he creates another person. And that, that's pretty significant that there's, there's not competition now if we love people that that takes away our love from God or it distracts our love from God. In fact, I think it's impossible to love God without also loving people. That's what 1 John chapter 4 establishes. Um, if, if you love me, then you'll, you'll love the people that I put in your life. And so God created us to love people and other image bearers, to get to know them, to have relationships with them. And then this carries over into heaven where we continue to have relationships. It's not a distraction away from God. It's not idolatry to love another person. It's one of the ways that we love God. And so it seems to be, there's a good reason to believe we're going to recognize our spouse. We're going to have a relationship with our spouse. We're going to have a relationship with our family as we did here in a better way there. And that won't diminish our love for Jesus. That won't diminish our attention toward God. It'll enhance it the way it was designed to do. And so that's a really neat component and, and application for our ministry here that your resurrection will be you, point number two. Um, another couple reasons the disciples recognized Jesus in his resurrected state. And in Revelation chapter 6, there are martyrs from earth that remember what happened when they're in heaven. They're singing the song of redemption. They're remembering uh, what happened on earth. And there's some continuity there. Um, Luke chapter 16, Jesus promises comfort to those who endure suffering for Christ. So our memory isn't erased. We don't forget everything that happened on earth. There's continuity in heaven, and it's sharper, and it's better. 
So that's some thoughts as it relates to marriage and point number two, but you can enjoy the rest of your time talking about all the points and all the questions in the back of the worksheet. Um, Let me pray, and then we'll break for groups. God, thank you for this night and this opportunity. We're thankful for the work that you are doing in our midst. God, we know that uh, this is uh, just such a a blessing to be a part of this ministry. So we're thankful for Compass. We're thankful for Thrive and this church family that you've given us. Uh, God, I'm thankful for all the things that you are doing in our lives, in our marriages, uh, through these relationships that you've given us. Uh, Thank you for Ravi and his testimony and uh, just the grace that you've showed him and uh, just the opportunity for us to hear from him tonight. God, it was encouraging to me, and I'm thankful for him and uh, his presence here in our ministry. God, I pray that you would continue to do work uh, all around this room. And may we be really good at sharing and giving you all the credit for all the great things you do. So we praise you. We thank you. God, we're thankful for this sermon and what a great job Pastor Mike does week in and week out preaching and just giving us substantial meals to think through, um, to apply to our lives. I pray, God, that we would apply this sermon, that we would think about the resurrection, that we would live in light of the resurrection. And um, God, that that would just fuel and motivate godly lives here and now. We pray that you would be pleased in all these things. In Christ's name we pray, amen.